The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. Pre-Med Year, session number 332. Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you for taking the time to join me today as I hope to educate you on part of the process of applying to medical school. Now, the Pre-Med Years, we have interesting guests. We talk to MCAT experts. We talk to deans and directors of admissions at different medical schools. And sometimes you get just me. And that's what you get today. We're going to talk all about, not all about, but we're going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes that students make when preparing for and during the MMI. Now, if you don't know what the MMI is, it's the multiple mini interview. It's a new interview format that is sweeping the nation, not necessarily what most would consider sweeping the nation, like this new music or fad or whatever, but the MMI is sweeping the medical school nation, originally from our friends up north in Canada, from McMaster, the same people who brought you Casper, the Casper test that a lot of schools are using as a secondary screen. The MMI came before Casper. And the MMI is supposed to help medical schools and admissions committee members really dive into more about who you are and have less subjectivity when it comes to interviewing. So if you want more information about the MMI, go to episode number 152. Now, in episode 152, I had a great conversation with Dr. Rivera from NYU, and we talked about everything that you need to know about the MMI. So that's the everything you need to know interview. Again, go to session 152 for that conversation. We'll have a link to that in the show notes to easily find that episode. Today, we're going to talk about really the, the mistakes that students are making. So I do mock interviews with students, and one of those formats that I do is an MMI. And I love the MMI because students fall into very common traps that are really easy to fix and help students with the MMI. And I love, I got one email from a student, and she said, you know, Dr. Gray, after doing a mock interview with you, after hearing your advice about how to approach the MMI, I really found that I enjoyed it on interview day. It was fun for her. And that's where I hope you go 
after listening to this episode, I hope you walk away with the understanding that the MMI is not a scary interview. The MMI should be a fun interview, okay? So let's talk just some basics about the MMI. First of all, again, the multiple mini interview, there is no one set standard MMI format, unfortunately, right? That would be the easy answer. But as it goes with medical school admissions, every school is different or every school can be different. Some schools will do a very strict MMI where you have eight stations or whatever the number is of stations. Again, every school is a little bit different uh, where you... Uh, read the scenario outside the room, you go into the room, you do whatever the scenario says, and you come come out of the room, and then you rotate to the next room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and that's the end, okay? That's a very traditional MMI where it's just all stations and you're done. Some schools are doing a mix of MMI and traditional. They are holding on to the, the, the thought that they are amazing interviewers and they have the best questions to ask students and how to evaluate those answers from students. And so they still want to have a traditional one-on-one interview mixed in with an MMI. So some schools are doing like a 20-minute traditional interview on top of an MMI. And there are many variations of that MMI day. So what one school looks like, what one student tells you the MMI is like, may not be applicable to what you will see on your MMI, okay? The best thing to do is ask the school. Say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to prepare for my interview. I'm wondering what the structure of the MMI day looks like at your school, okay? So that's number one. MMI, every school can be different. So don't assume what you hear about one school is going to transfer over to another school. So again, traditional MMI, talk about some basics, the stations. So the stations are a a room with somebody in the room and a scenario or something outside the room. And the scenario can present you with a problem and it'll test your problem solving skills. It could present a a actor inside the room going through something and you have to talk to the actor and, and work through a situation. It could be some sort of moral ethical dilemma that you have to work through and talk about your your thought process. There could be a station where you are working with another student trying to figure out some sort of puzzle or some sort of drawing, whatever it may be. Uh, so there are many different types of scenarios that you could walk into and reading the scenario on the outside is one of the most important things that you need to do and and probably will be my sixth biggest mistake. I only had five written down, but I think as I'm talking through, really the, the sixth one is going to be that. It's not reading those scenarios appropriately. So, so that's the basic gist of an MMI. You get two minutes to read that scenario. You go into the room. You have uh, six to eight minutes roughly inside the room, again, depending on the school, and then you come out, and then you rotate through the different stations. After that, you leave, and that's the interview, and hopefully you get in, and everything works out, and you get accepted, and you live happily ever after. But for a lot of students, they leave thinking and knowing, potentially, because they get that rejection a week or two or three later, knowing that something went wrong. Now, let's talk about what went wrong, or common things that go wrong for a student to be rejected. 
Okay. One of the first things that I see, the first mistake that I see students make is they go out and they read the most common MMI book out there right now, and they structure their answer and put it into kind of an algorithm of how to answer MMI questions, and they fail miserably because when they do that, they are removing the conversational aspect of an MMI. Remember that interviews are there to test your ability to communicate, to make sure that you're a normal person, for for that interviewer to watch you, to listen to you, to observe you communicating with an actor, with another student, or with the interviewer themselves, and to determine whether or not they want to have you take care of their loved ones, right? Their mom, their dad, their kids, whatever it may be. They want to make sure that you are going to communicate well with with their loved ones who are in the hospital. And when you come in with a very structured, very algorithmic answer, you are removing the conversation piece, which is the whole point of the MMI, to hear how you communicate. And you're proving that you communicate in a very algorithmic way, that you can't really think on the fly that you are are just coming in with these pre-prepared answers because you have this structure of how you're answering everything. And it's it's not what you should be doing, okay? So rule number one, biggest mistake number one is don't structure your answers, right? The biggest mistake is structuring your answers. Don't do that, okay? I'm writing an MMI book because so many students I do mock interviews with do this during the MMI portion of our mock interview, and I ask them all, have you read this book? And almost all of them will say, yeah, yeah, I did read that book. I'm like, because I could tell. I I can tell. And I could tell because the second biggest mistake that students make that they get from this book and other resources is asking for permission, kind of. They're asking for acceptance. They'll come into the room after reading the scenario, the sound goes off or the, the person says, okay, enter the room. They come into the room and the student will recap the scenario. They'll recap the scenario and then ask the interviewer, did I get that right? Do I, did I understand that correctly? And I want you right now to promise me that you will never ask the interviewer did I read that scenario correctly? Did I understand everything the way that it was meant to be understood? When you are doing that, the only thing that you are doing is proving that you don't have the confidence in your reading skills. Obviously, this is a high-stress, high-pressure environment of being at a medical school and interviewing to get an acceptance. And so, yes, When students are stressed, sometimes they don't read appropriately and they may miss something. And that's just something that you have to work on to make sure that you don't do that. Figure out how to calm your nerves as you're reading for those two minutes. And those two minutes is a long time to be able to read and reread and reread again and really make sure that you understand what you're looking at so that you don't have to walk into the room and say, did I understand that correctly? All you're doing is proving to the older generation that the younger generation wants a pat on the back for everything they do. 
right? The the joke I always make is you walk into the room and and like your tail's wagging back. Like, can you can you give me a gold star? Can you pat me on the head? I I read it and I want to make sure you know that that I successfully read it and and make sure that you you give me kudos for doing that. Right? I want my recognition. Don't do that. Okay. That comes from the book and that comes from other resources online that tell you that's what you should do. Don't do that. All you're doing is wasting time and proving that you lack confidence. Okay? That's the biggest mistake, number two. The third biggest mistake that I see students making, which was going to be the additional sixth, but I'll put it in here third because it ties in with that asking for permission, asking for for the assurance that you read it right, is not reading the scenario properly. This is a huge thing. So how this looks, because there are different types of scenarios, one may be actor-based, one may be an interviewer-based, you have to understand and ask yourself the question, what am I walking into? Am I walking into a room where there's going to be a patient screaming at me and I'm a medical student, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I'm whatever? Am I walking into a room where there's going to be an interviewer sitting there and I just have to have a conversation with him or her about this scenario? Am I walking into a room where there's going to be somebody else and I'm gonna have to interact with them and and collaborate with them and, and do some sort of project? You have to understand what you are walking into. And so the way that this looks is during mock interviews with students, it'll be a scenario that is an interviewer-based scenario. It'll come right after a scenario where we do an actor-based scenario, and the student, quote-unquote, walks into the room, right? We're on Skype doing a a mock interview. The student, quote-unquote, walks into the room and thinks that they're in another actor-based scenario, when it's just the interviewer and they're, they're there just to have a conversation. And again, all that's doing is proving that you don't have the, the reading comprehension skills that you should. You let the nerves of, of interview day get to you and that you just didn't properly read the scenario. Right? These scenarios aren't just something that are thrown together at the last minute. These are well-vetted, well-thought-out scenarios, a lot of times that schools will buy from McMaster's, the the school that created the MMI. And so these are going to be scenarios that are well thought out. Every word on there means something. And there's not going to be much room for interpretation in the scenario. Does that mean you can't ask, right? Going back to kind of the the second mistake and, and in this one as well, does that mean you can't ask for clarification? Absolutely not. If there's something that just you're reading it and just something's not clicking in your mind or you have a follow-up question maybe that nobody's thought of, which happens, you can ask for clarification. And so when you walk into the room, you introduce yourself, you can say, before I begin, there was one part of the scenario that I wanted to ask for clarification on. It said here, blah, 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 and I just wanted to make sure that this is what it meant. Right? You're not asking for reassurance that how you read it is correctly, you're asking for clarification on something. You're asking a specific question about a specific part of that scenario. That is okay, okay? So the third mistake, not understanding, not fully reading, taking the time to to read through the scenario and understanding what is going to be occurring as they walk through that door. 
right? Is it an interviewer? Is it an actor? Is it going to be somebody who's upset, sad, happy, angry, whatever, right? Really try to understand what it is that you are walking into. The fourth biggest mistake that I see students making is really stumbling through the laws around healthcare and what you can and can't do as a medical student or as a physician and the medicine around healthcare, right? The, the, the scenario may be some sort of medically based scenario and students will stumble because they're like, well, I don't, I don't know that, right? I, I don't know that part of medicine. I don't know what the treatment is supposed to be like. I don't know if surgery is an option. And remember that the schools obviously know and don't expect you to know that you know this stuff, right? You are a pre-med student. You're not expected to know the laws around ethics and how to treat different diseases and what medications work and side effects and all this other stuff. And so as soon as you feel yourself going down a path where you're like, well, I can't answer this because I don't know, as soon as you feel yourself going down that path, stop and realize that you're not supposed to know. Realize that it's okay to not know, that they are not expecting you to know, and that you are not getting marked off because you don't know. The goal, again, is to hear your conversation, to hear your thought processes, to hear how you communicate. And part of that communication is communicating that you don't know, but how are you going to find out the answer? So I don't know that. Here's what I'm thinking. I would ask this person and that person to see what my options are. Remember that you're never alone in these scenarios. You can ask for help. You're not alone in medicine. You can ask for help. Treat these as real as possible, and the easier they will be for you. If you treat them like, well, I'm in a hospital. I can ask uh, another physician. I can ask the hospital ethics committee. I could ask the hospital legal team. You're never alone in real life or in these scenarios. And so think outside the box. Who can you ask for help? What sorts of things do you want to know the specific laws about, right? If it's some sort of moral ethical debate about giving medication to a minor when the parents say no, a lot of students will be like, well, I know that I'm allowed to do that. I'm like, do you? Because every state's a little bit different. Do you know that you can do that? Don't go in assuming you know everything. Just talk through it and be like, well, I'd, I'd want to know what the laws are around ignoring the, the guardians in this case because it's a minor. I would want to know what I would be allowed to do because I think I would, if I'm allowed to do that, then I probably would want to because of X, Y, Z, right? Go through that thought process. Help the, the interviewer understand what you're thinking and why you're thinking it. That's very important. The next biggest issue, the next biggest mistake that I see students make, especially for the actor-based scenarios, is not listening. Remember what the goal of any interview is, especially the MMI, it's communication. How well do you communicate? Guess what is a huge part of communication? You guessed it, listening. You have to be a good listener. Now, I understand, again, this is a stressful situation. And you're going into a situation where somebody's yelling at you, there's this thing that's going on, 
and and you're in a room with an actor who's who's saying these things and all you're doing or all that a lot of students are doing making this mistake is they're thinking about what to say next like okay here's what the scenario said here's what i said already here's what i need to say next to be able to do x y or z and what they miss is what the person the actor is saying in this situation and what they are saying is important because it's typically going to lead you down the path that is going to help you in this scenario remember that when it comes to these mmi scenarios not everything is going to be in the scenario not every piece of information that you have to know is going to be in the scenario there may be something that the actor is going to say that is going to help elaborate on something that was in the scenario. And you're like, well, I don't know what this is. And if you listen, you'll find out what that is. So be very, very careful when you especially are in these actor-based scenarios, listen to every word that is coming out of his or her mouth. You have to really understand what they're telling you so that you can properly move forward with your response. All right, the last mistake that I see students make is that they talk way too much. With the MMI, you are given a range of time inside the room. So you typically have two minutes to read the scenario. And then inside the room, you have anywhere between six to eight minutes. Students think, who make this mistake, students think that you have to fill up the whole time. And that is false. There are usually follow-up questions that the interviewer has. Uh, obviously, when you're interacting with a patient, you definitely don't want to just walk in and start talking for the whole six minutes or seven minutes, whatever it is, and the actor doesn't even have a chance to talk to you. You have to give your answer in as long or a short amount of time that actually answers the question and then shut up. Let the interviewer, let the actor talk. Okay, you have to give your answer. Don't fill up the entire time. Give your answer and then listen for the follow-up questions that are going to come that are going to lead you down another path, potentially, that the interviewer has prepared. And remember, these are very structured in terms of the types of questions that they're going to ask and the types of information that they're looking for from you. But ultimately, again, it's a communication test. And so they're, they're seeing how well you communicate. They're trying to understand your thought processes. And they're trying to see if you're hitting the highlights of the scenario appropriately. And that is the goal of the MMI. Really just trying to understand your thought processes, how well you communicate, and hopefully by understanding some of these traps, some of these mistakes that students make, you will, as you prepare for your MMI with your pre-med advisor, with a family member, with your classmates, or with an advisor like myself, then hopefully you will not be making these mistakes and hopefully you will be more prepared and you'll email me in the future and say, hey, Dr. Gray, I really did enjoy my MMI. Thanks for your help.
All right, so I hope that was helpful for you. I am in the process of writing my own MMI book. I've uh, hired some writers to create MMI scenarios. I think I have over 200 of them at this point. And so I'm working on it. I would love to hear your thoughts. What do you want in an MMI book? What information would you want there? Email me, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net with the subject MMI book and let me know. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. (laughs) 